Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 216th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing well. Doing well. You did like a little shoulder shrug there. Like you weren't sure. Like, yeah. Well, I have something I want to ask you. This is this is kind of a weird question, but I've been meaning to ask you multiple okay. times now. What? Here we go. This is off topic mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay. Do you ever just get like a shiver? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I get a shiver in a very specific moment, and I want to know if anybody can relate to when this. When you were urinating. No. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. Okay. I wish that was it. <laughs> I made this moment a little less weird. Well... Yeah, that's on you. I'm talking about when I'm driving in the car okay. and on like a two-lane road and a car comes the other way. They just go by. And I it's like I'm thinking about how close these cars are to each other and how they could hit each other really easily. And it gives me a shiver. Like a, your, your body, like physically? Yeah. Like involuntary, I'm just like... That's a lot of shivering. If you're well, it's not every. It's not like <laughs> just driving down the highway. Like, dang, it's cold in here. Okay, so not not all the time. Okay, it's just like on narrower roads when there's not a shoulder, and then you know, if I think about it, oh, that car. You know, we're actually passing each other pretty close. Mm. Did you like expect that that might be something that someone else experiences? Well, so I asked my wife if that was something she have, has ever experienced. She said no, and I. Just wanted to reach out to both of you yeah. and our listeners. I think you got something wrong with you. <laughs> I well, need somebody to say that they've experienced this. I mean, I have noticed, like, I'll be sitting in, like, a left turn lane and cars are zipping by me yeah. and the car kind of shakes mm. or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, I've yeah. noticed that before, but yeah. not, my body doesn't shake at all. <laughs> Just, the, Just car. the car. Just the car, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird, I guess, but I, I get that checked out. I just need somebody out there to tell me that they experienced this also. And lie if you have to. Somebody help me out. Not you guys. You already were truthful. But do you think anybody out there will say yes? Mm, probably. probably not. Mm. Well, that was that was really weighing on my mind. So just need to get that off my chest. Um, what do we have to talk about today? We're gonna stick with basketball as that is fast approaching, and we have the homecoming football game against Vanderbilt to preview. But before we do that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Um, Kyle, I wanted to start out, let's start out with basketball this week. Um, it was too taxing on my brain to go back and forth. Football, ba- basketball, football, basketball. So we'll start the show with basketball. A uh, couple things that I thought were was interesting, uh, Coach Gates was in the news today because it is basketball media days and he and Kobe Brown and Nick Honor were talking to the press and Coach Gates apparently said that he would like to see the NCAA tournament field doubled. Do we know the context of that quote? Like, was it just like... I know nothing about this at all. Were they just like, yeah, wouldn't that be fun? And he was like, yeah, probably. Or did he actually I, say, like, I, no, I think I'm in support of this? He was asked about expanding the field okay. generally, and I think he volunteered the concept of doubling the field. 
Well, I mean, that would... A lot of people think he's dumb for saying that. Yeah, I mean, I like March Madness. I'm not going to argue with more basketball, but that's that's a little it's a little out there, a little over the top, but, you know. Yeah, I think uh, people on Twitter are making a way bigger deal out of Probably. that than there is. That's literally never going to happen. Well, and they would never do something like that. Yeah, Twitter people? Yes, they yeah. would never blow anything out of proportion. That's true. I can't believe they did it here. Uh, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. I think I don't know if he was joking. I don't think he was joking, but I don't really understand his thought process there. But uh, yeah, I think uh, he, he said something like, uh, "There's a lot of really good coaches and teams that don't make it." Yeah, like oh, well, true. All he needs a chance. Um, did you see that Cy Young uh, interview that yes. they did with uh, Mizzou? That's who podcast, uh-huh. I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Pretty. What, what were your thoughts? He's incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm all in on his vision, Coach Gates' vision. Uh, it was nice to hear him just kind of talk about his feelings when he got the call from Coach Gates and that whole thing and a little bit of his background and what he's bringing to the job just like mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I'm more excited than ever for the coaching staff and their vision and just the way he talks about what he does, he has so much passion for it. And I, because Conzo Martin was our most recent head basketball coach, it's hard not to compare coaches like that. And it's like, I don't know, I feel like Conzo probably sounded something like that maybe like when he got the Tennessee job. And because it, he he talked uh cy talked about you know having high character players and not necessarily filling your team with one and dones you want to have these three four-year guys that bring continuity and stability to the program and that's how you build a program and you know a lot of the stuff he said reminded me of like things we would hear from Conzo, but mm-hmm. just like taken up a notch just like Conzo, if he was high energy and seemed like he was working really, really, really hard. Yeah, a little more back basketball focused almost. I yeah. feel like Conzo would just almost too much like hammer home the like mentor role, which is great. That's fine. But, you know, we're still, you know, this is going to make me sound terrible. But also we want to win games and we're excited about watching good basketball. Yeah. And clearly that's incredibly important to see why young and you can see why, you know, he. You can wow, see why. That's really strange. <laughs> you can see why. He's a great recruiter. Uh, I mean, he's so charismatic and personable. Like, he was just, you know, calling people by name and, um, you know, talking about Mizzou's history and how he grew up watching Mizzou basketball, was talking about, you know, all the names you know from, from Mizzou's past, but, well, you know, clearly demonstrated a love and not great knowledge of the sport and um, like you said yeah just a passion for what he does I, I feel like we're in in great hands right now he uh, mentioned he was talking about like his different stops in coaching and he said something like he was talking about the fact that in the SEC in high major division one basketball it takes the whole staff to put together incredible recruiting classes year after year and he said uh, something about like at a lower level when he was an assistant coach, he could basically just dominate recruiting on his own. What was the word he used? Like terrorize everybody? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would terrorize that league by himself. Mm-hmm. 
in recruiting. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, you can't quite do that in the SEC. It takes more than one person. But I don't know. I like having an assistant coach that's capable of terrorizing other coaches in recruiting. I agree. And it's just getting started. They've already got a nice little recruiting class. Okay, also, uh, about the timeline of things, he specifically mentioned 2025 recruiting class as being that's he didn't necessarily i don't know if he meant to divulge this exactly he was very talkative on the uh, interview i encourage everyone to go listen to that but he said 2025 is his target for having a impact big program changing class there's some there's some big fish in that class yeah especially from the state of missouri but yeah i mean just seemed like a guy that I mean, every coach is going to sound like this in their first year, but truly just sounded like a guy that was invested in the long haul, um, made the decision to come here knowing that they were going to try their absolute best to put Mizzou back on the map where they should be and and stay here long term if things go well, which I, I think they will. Yeah, and he, um, he used the word rebuild probably 20 times, and it doesn't you know, maybe uh, the average Mizzou fan might not think, I ne- didn't necessarily think of a rebuild coming off of last basketball season. Uh, you wouldn't have necessarily thought, oh, we got to rebuild this program. And knowing that that's how they're looking at it and how they're going about it, I'm just more optimistic than ever. Uh, yeah, and one more thing. He talked about the, at least what I watched of it, he talked about the transfer transfer portal like in a positive yeah. light. And it's funny, yeah. kind of like how the fans view the transfer portal and how coaches view the transfer portal. And obviously maybe he's not divulging everything that he feels about it, but he was like, oh, transfer portal's great. Like it allows you to go get like a, you know, game changing player just like that. Yeah. He and seemed so confident. Yeah. And that was one thing that really stuck, stuck out to me. Yep. All right. Well, uh, sticking with basketball, uh, it's time for us to look at the schedule and give some predictions. And I want to just kind of talk about our expectations, what we would consider a successful season, what would we call a disappointing season, um, and you know how much. Uh, what's kind of the window that we're looking at as far as wins and losses, and how good could we be? How bad could we be? Um, Maybe, Kyle, just give me your thoughts before we dive completely into the schedule. In this transition to a new coaching staff and everything, do you kind of have an idea going into a year one of a new coaching staff? Is there something in your mind that helps you like not overestimate things or not get too excited when you have all these new pieces and new coaching staff and everything yeah i mean i think we can i think we have enough to go on like with a lot of the players on this team to know uh this probably isn't like a national championship caliber team you know these are a lot of the players on this team have played together and they've played with dennis gates but a lot of them are coming from low mid majors Uh, we've seen players really work out like that like drew smith but or you know some of those guys but it's not always just a smash that you know high performers at a lower level are going to come up to the sec and play super well but you can definitely see pieces like isaiah mosley and you know there's definitely pieces that um you can create the story that missouri has has a pretty strong season or at least has the potential to but 
you know, you know, I think uh, you just in some of the things you observe through interviews or you can pick up in that interview with COI Young that he does not expect this team to knock it out of the park this year. This is this is a long term project. This is a rebuild and uh, they're not going to come out and win 25 games this year necessarily. But um, there's a lot a lot of pieces to like. Yeah. And he mentioned uh, how tough the schedule is. Yeah, that's that's true. It is in SEC play. Welcome to the SEC. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, in in the Ken Palm preseason ratings. There's no triple digit SEC teams. All top 100 teams in the SEC. Um, Missouri is right there at like what 41st, I think. Yeah, I do actually feel like a lot of the analytics sites like Missouri quite a bit. All things considered, like in a first year with a new coach and like. 12 new players yeah <laughs> i feel like uh the analytics sites are viewing them pretty favorably yeah kim pom has them 41st isaiah uh, mosley helps a lot yeah bart torvik uh 49th so those are all just computer driven systems uh they seem to like missouri uh, well at least better than we've seen the last few years mm-hmm. yeah if if uh everything went exactly how it's predicted they we would be better this year than we have been yeah which right. honestly i think that pretty realistic yeah yeah i mean i feel like i don't it would be a lot like i'm trying to think back to conzo martin's first year splash recruiting class michael porter jr everything i still feel like a, like it was like okay well let's just get to the NCAA tournament yeah you know if this is a bubble team and we end up on the right side of the bubble we'll be happy i feel like it's probably where we're headed with this team but we'll see um looking at the schedule the there's no way we absolutely should be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and oh. Yeah. Going into a road matchup with Wichita State. Yeah, the non conference is pretty interesting. It's basically like terrible teams or Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's really not a lot of in between. Um, it's very tough games, or basically, if you lose this, we have serious issues. Yeah, there's those seven games at the beginning of the, the first seven games should all be wins we're gonna both pencil in seven and zero start but then we have a road game against wichita state their top 100 team it's on the road with everything with all the turnover everything new with missouri because this is a road game i have missouri losing this game yeah i mean this is this is about as toss-up as you can possibly get i don't think wichita state's that great to be honest but if they're playing this game at home, I think they win. But, yeah, I, I, I could see this as a loss on the road. Then Missouri plays SEMO uh, at home. That's going to be a win. And then the big home game, the big non-conference game, matchup against Kansas. And now I, I honestly kind of feel like, I don't know, if they roll in there, what, 9-0? and like we could be looking at two undefeated teams, you know, Missouri's probably not cracking the top 25 with that kind of strength of schedule, but not. that's a huge game. Yeah. Yeah. It, I kind of hate when we do this because we do this in football season too. Like remember the earlier this season, uh, I think we definitely had the potential to be, you know, four and going to the Georgia game, exact same situation here where it's like, we could realistically be nine and going into the Kansas game. I feel like putting expectations on Missouri like that in the past has not gone super well, but it is possible. And um, either way, you know, assuming Missouri takes care of business in the games they should win, this is still 
going to be probably an 8-1 and one team versus Kansas, and yeah. that's going to be really, really exciting at home, obviously. Kansas is going to be good again. Yeah, I mean, last year I was almost just like dreading that game because we were terrible and we were on the road, and there was, you know, we're probably not winning that game if we played it 100 times. But, you know, this is this is not impossible that we could, that we could win this game. Yeah, I I think I until we see Missouri basketball under Dennis Gates win a marquee matchup, I'm just going to kind of be pessimistic going into each one. Can you imagine the Dennis Gates hype? Oh my gosh. Think of what if we were 9 and 0 and then win this game. That'd be off the charts hype That'd levels. Be unreal. Um I don't want to set myself up for I that kind of disappointment. I like, tempt myself into yeah. thinking of that. So I'm going to pencil this Kansas game in as a loss. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I want to see a good game, close game, a packed out arena, yeah. a lot of fight from the team. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We we hate Kansas with everything within ourselves, but this is a this is the defending national champions. They're still going to be still going to be really good. They reloaded with with transfers and all that stuff. So um yeah i would love to see a close game get get mizzou arena rocking and uh, that'd be fun but I, yeah i'm, I'm agree with you that's a loss okay so the next game on the schedule is uh they play ucf it's not at ucf but it is in florida um and that i kind of have wichita state and ucf i think we split those games so i've got this one as a win because i had wichita state as a loss I think it could go the other way, but I've got us winning one of those and losing one of those. Yeah, I can see that. Then another marquee matchup, this time against a top 50 Illinois team in St. Louis. And I'll just get ahead of it right now. In my head, this Missouri team, I feel like they're going to win the games they're supposed to win and lose the games they're supposed to lose i don't feel like the pieces are there to like uh go on a nice winning streak with like two upset wins and like a a bunch of road wins they're just not going to be there i don't think um if mizzou arena can be full night in night out then we have the chance to upset some teams at home i think but this is not the the talent level on the Missouri team is not going to be there to have these huge upsets. Um, the Illinois game being in St. Louis, that's always basically always a toss up. Um, throw the records out, as I say. But I think it's going to be Illinois' turn to take them the victory. It's nice and everything, but I'm going to disagree with you. I think uh, this is a little. Put the world on notice, Isaiah Mosley game. Okay. He's going to drop 30 points, and Missouri's going to beat Illinois. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I feel like Illinois, uh, I mean, they're guard heavy, um, and I think, you know, Missouri can keep up with that. I think Missouri's strengths are obviously going to be their guards this year. I think they match up fairly well, get a few buckets to drop, they can win. Yeah. Again, I don't think, I think Missouri's defense and guard play are going to be there to keep them in most games um i don't see this missouri team getting blown out a ton um they are going to try to play with some decent pace which then if the shots aren't falling from outside it could get ugly in a few matchups but 
I think the defense will keep them in it. I think they'll score enough to get by in some of these matchups. Um, then it's just kind of, that's just kind of an insane stretch here. Kansas, UCF, Illinois, and then to start off SEC play, home against number one in Kempom, Kentucky, and then road matchup against Arkansas. Um, I've got us losing both of those. Yeah, I kind of feel like um, the reasoning I gave for our, a chance to be Illinois, it's like the reason we will definitely not be Kentucky because I feel like <clears throat> their strength is like Oscar Shibway. He's just going to bully uh, the, this kind of Mizzou team where we, we don't have anybody that can even remotely put up a fight against Shibwe, a player like Shibway on the inside and – yeah, like, uh, like just we, thinking about it right now, what are what are they even going to do? I don't know. We'd have to shoot eighty <laughs> percent from three to win this game. I think like just Kentucky will be so much bigger, longer than us in this game, unfortunately. And I think Sheway could just go for twenty and twenty against us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm agreeing there. Okay, what about the uh, Trevon Brazil um, revenge game? Yeah, on the at road, Arkansas? that's going to be really tough to, to win. I mean, I think Arkansas has the has the makings of a team that can really disappoint. Like. A lot of young players like that some of those players like kind of fit the mold of like that Kentucky from the past couple of years where it's like they're all athletic they're long but they can't shoot at all yeah a lot of overlap at yes. uh, like the forward position Yeah, a lot of like lanky forwards who might not be ready for like the college game yet but like will probably be great NBA players in five years or something yeah, you know what I, yeah. but um yeah on the road though I, this is a, that's going to be really tough. I unfortunately feel like Trayvon Brazil is going to be great at Arkansas. Um, not that I like would wish him poorly necessarily, but it's just it's going to be not tough. necessarily. It's going to be tough to watch. I think uh, knowing he probably makes Missouri a much better team this year if he was still in Columbia. We're going to bounce back though with a home win against Vanderbilt. I think. I agree. And um, I've got it extending into a road victory over Texas A&M. I think we're not going to win a lot of road games this year um, in conference play. I think that's one of two conference road games that I have Missouri winning. Is that one against A&M? And then I have Missouri losing to Florida on the road and then getting swept with the uh, Razorbacks coming to Mizzou Arena. Yeah, I, I've got them losing all of those games you just mentioned at, on the road at A&M, on the road at Florida, and then home in Arkansas. I think they lose all three of those as well. So that that would put them at 11-7 and seven for me if I was picking all those games so far. Yeah, I feel like, um, I mean, spoiler alert, I have uh, Missouri going 9-9 nine and nine in conference play. Unbelievable. But uh, spoiler. I feel like they're going to be hovering right around 500 all season sure. in conference play. Yeah. Um, the games against like 300 level Kempom teams early are going to make the record look decent mm-hmm. all season long. But as long as we can stay right around 500, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, in conference play that is. And I do have us winning a home matchup against Alabama. Yeah. Give me a win against Alabama as well. I think uh, again, I think Missouri's, tough defensive-minded guards will will can can slow down alabama and uh to home then i've got a loss at mississippi state what do you think there Ole miss you mean that's what i meant uh i think we'll win that game 
Okay. I think that'll be one of the few away games we pull off. I think that I've got him at 13 and 7 at that point. Then we play Iowa State yet again for like the oh 50th time uh, since leaving the Big 12. We play Iowa State this time at home. And Ohio, uh, Iowa State surprised everybody last year by winning like 20 more games than the year before. Um, I, they're going to be decent, but not incredible by any means. Games at home, I think Missouri wins. Uh, for whatever reason, I feel like that's going to be like an ugly, low-scoring game that Missouri loses at home in disappointing fashion. How about a bounce back at home against LSU? Sounds good to me. How about this time a road loss to Mississippi State? Yeah, I could see that. We have played terribly against Mississippi State, I feel like, the whole time we've been in the SEC. It's a curse. But a bounce back home win against South Carolina. Sounds South Carolina going to be one of the worst teams in the SEC this year. I can't even think of their new coach's name. We'll find out. I'll tell you shortly. <laughs> we'll talk about a few coaches here. Okay. Uh, then probably the biggest margin of defeat for Missouri this year at Tennessee. Why does Tennessee got to be good at everything? Seriously. That's annoying. That's honestly awful. And I hadn't, I wouldn't have put that together You're if you hadn't said anything. Yeah, Missouri's going to probably lose pretty bad to Tennessee. Uh, and then they're going to also lose on the road to Auburn. I agree. But I've got a nice finish to the season here. Back-to-back home wins over A&M and Mississippi State. I'm with you. A road victory over Georgia. Mike White? Yeah. They're bad okay. still. I'll go with you. He's got, a, he's got some work to do. I'll go with you there. Um, but lose at LSU, but then finish off with a home win over Ole Miss. Yeah, I agree with you. That if that puts them at least on my projections, nineteen and twelve. Yep. Which is exactly what Kent Palm has predicted them. Yeah. Also, also me as well. Nineteen and twelve. <laughs> okay. Let me let me. Uh, you said nine and nine in the SEC. Though. Yeah. Okay. Let me count mine really quick. And there's going to absolutely be, like, probably six or seven teams within one game of each other in the middle of the SEC standings. If, uh, you know, there's, like, one game in conference play is going to be the difference between the right side of the NCAA bubble. Yes, I agree. Yeah, 9-9 in the SEC as well. Yeah, I mean, if if they go 19-12... 9 and 9 in the SEC, like pretty much exact scenario that we just pick. Uh, that's pretty much sticking with, like, they didn't really beat anybody, but they didn't really lose any terrible games. Like, that, and that's just the nature of these predictions. Like, where, I mean, we're not going to come out and predict a win against Kentucky or something. Like, yeah. And, well, and not, what's a, there's not really a bad loss after, there's not an opportunity for a bad loss. That's true. After December 4th. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's if you if you put the outcomes on like a bell curve, like obviously, you know, eight and ten in the SEC, nine and nine is going to be like right in the middle of the bell curve. But they're probably not going to take this route. It's going to be unexpected yeah, yeah. twists and turns all the way there. But on average, they probably will finish about nine and nine. That pretty much does, yeah, like you said, put us pretty squarely in the bubble conversation, maybe but on the, the right side. Yeah, um, nine and nine is honestly 
um, quite a bit better than being eight and ten. Right. Yeah, it's and, crowded in the yeah. middle of the SEC when you get around the five hundred in conference play. Last year, one, two, three, four, five teams finished nine and nine, and a sixth finished eight and ten. Yeah, my, that's why some of those losses can be so painful. It's because you just know when you get to the end of the season, every win's going to be really important in the seeding conversation, and especially in a big tournament like this, where if Missouri had a shot, at, you know, those top four seeds that just make such a big difference because you literally are just on the sidelines watching games for two days before you even have to play. Who'd you want to know who their coach is? Mississippi State? South Carolina. Mississippi State is uh, Chris Jans. Jans. That's from uh, New Mexico State guy. Yeah. You wanted to know South Carolina. Yes, please. Lamont Paris. Oh, that's right. Formerly of Chattanooga. Chattanooga? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of new coaches. So that's what I wanted to get to was the – yeah, nine and nine in conference play. That's kind of an easy prediction to make um, when you're looking at a Missouri team that's top fifty-ish in the country. Not having seen them play, and with all the new uh, pieces, the variance is pretty significant. I mean, and that's going to be true for half the league this year. I think Georgia is a safe bet to be bottom four. I think South Carolina is a safe bet to be bottom four. Outside of that, I don't know. Like, in reality, Missouri could be bottom four. Yep. Um, that's kind of where the floor is. I don't think... That's where they were picked. That's today. true. They SEC were picked 11th in by the media. Yep. And again, they just win one or two more games than they're supposed to, and they could be like fifth. Yeah. Like that's just how crowded the middle of the of the pack is. So you never know. Or well, if they lose a couple more than they should, they can be 12th or 13th. Yeah, so this past year, uh, Missouri finished 12th at 5-13. and 13, And 11th was 7-11. and 11. 10th was eight and ten so the margin for error is is razor thin and now i have some confidence because missouri's defense will be able to keep them in games and we have a legit game closer in isaiah mosley yeah isaiah mosley is going to be the best scorer missouri's had on on their team since maybe jordan clarkson yeah I, i mean he's that talented i've seen him play so many times he has an uncanny ability to score He's a really well-rounded player, but that's what he's going to do best. That's what's going to stand out when you watch him play is just how many times he finds a way to put the ball in the basket, especially after four seasons of Conzo Martin ball. It's going to be it's going to be refreshing. Yeah, especially early these like these first ten games with so many inferior opponents. Yes, just letting just some I don't know just be kind of like junk food a little bit. Yeah. Like you know it's not really doing a whole lot but it's going to feel good. Oh, yeah. At least in the moment, it'll feel really nice to see. Okay, so what in your mind would constitute a disappointing season? I I, I feel like 11th in the SEC is borderline disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, if they lose a couple – if they, you know, stumble in one of these non-conference games, you know, a couple of these are like sub-300 Kim Pong teams that they're just not going to lose to. But, you know, a couple of those teams like Penn or uh, Coastal Carolina, they could, you know – it yeah. could be competitive games if they find a way to lose one of those or if they go, you know, 
500 on the season maybe yeah i think that might be a little underwhelming yeah yeah i mean that's a good point it's it is almost like we talk about them winning the games they're supposed to win obviously you do that you're not going to be that disappointing Mm -hmm. but some of these a loss is i mean think about charleston southern how that loss just kind of derailed the entire season that was a bad loss and now new coaching staff first year you've got a lot of leash i mean like nobody's gonna be worried too much even if they do lose a head scratcher um so i'm not too worried about being disappointed you don't know what mizzou twitter is capable of yeah well (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i love you i love you guys um we love you just not not when you're on twitter you're like family members to me um so 11th in the sec not the end of the world not that disappointing but you know botching a couple of these non-conference games would be frustrating Mm -hmm. now on the positive side i really struggle to see missouri finishing better than well you mentioned fifth in the conference yeah double buys not in play this year probably i don't think so there's four fifth just, last year was nine and nine yeah oh that's crazy i feel like the top three or four teams in the sec are are really really strong tennessee kentucky arkansas and we're missing uh those three teams right there right, auburn, auburn yeah yeah those four teams are probably top five seeds in the ncaa tournament yeah, and uh, honestly, with when you're talking about the entire conference being top 100 programs this year, even the rebuilds like Missouri, Georgia, South Carolina, anybody at home can be anybody else. Oh, yeah. So I think that makes me super excited for like you know home against home against Arkansas, home against Alabama. Yeah, those are opportunities. Always are. I mean, even Conzo Martin team, that was pretty much we knew he was on the way out, but like took number one in the country, Auburn to the wire last year. Right. So you have no idea when those kind of teams are going to be on an off night or whatever. Anything can happen. Um, so let's talk about the NCAA tournament real quick. Uh, nine and nine, 19 and 12 overall. I honestly would not feel super comfortable uh, on Selection Sunday Mm-mm. without like a win over Kansas or Illinois or like a decent SEC tournament run. Exactly. Yeah, I think a, a nineteen and twelve ninety nine season that's putting them in squarely in the bubble. Maybe that ten uh, eleven seed, maybe a little playing game action as an eleven seed, something like that. I am going to predict that with this record Missouri doesn't have enough marquee wins they're just kind of middling um, in the SEC I'm going to say Missouri is on the wrong side of the bubble and is a two seed in the NIT I think I'd still be happy with that Yeah, for the most part um, I think the goal for Missouri basketball should be to make the NCAA tournament every year obviously this year is the first year of a new coaching staff, but I, with this, if this scenario exactly played out with a good win over Illinois and some good SEC wins, I think they sneak in, maybe 11 seed. Yeah, I mean, with the, you've got them with a couple 
wins that would be maybe enough in the selection committee. And maybe if Isaiah Mosley was playing really well and, you know, looked like uh, maybe like a fun NCAA tournament kind of player, I don't know if I don't know if the yeah. if the committee, you know, does anything like that. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Like uh, a little tiebreaker over somebody else. Yeah, and you mentioned the SEC tournament. I mean, that's every year there's, you know, probably, I don't know, what would you say, 10 or so teams across the country, like uh, Power 5 teams that – get really on the right side of the bubble their yeah. resume right there at the end yeah i mean we I, we've seen the committee be pretty partial to teams that look like they're hot late yeah. like you know go on a run in their um conference tournaments or whatever but missouri's been historically awful in the sct tournament but new coach i think i'm just about done with this i did want to mention we don't even have to wait until november 7th against southern indiana to watch this Mizzou basketball team, they have an exhibition game at home against Washington University November 3rd. It's like two weeks away. Very close. Wash you. Yep. That's what they call it. Um, let us know what you guys think about the schedule. I mean, looking just look at the SEC slate. It's insane. It's brutal. Like there's usually a team or two that you can like just pencil in as a win. That's not going to happen this year for anybody. I I mean I don't I don't care if I'm Kentucky. I'm not going to look forward to playing at Texas A&M or you know at LSU. Nobody wants that at Mizzou. Let's make it tough. You ready to switch gears to football? I'm ready. Now in SEC football, there is a team. That you're expected to win against. You're expected to beat Vanderbilt. And that is Missouri's next opponent. Missouri has not looked great. They've looked like they can compete with some really good teams. But it's like until they win an SEC game, I don't know. I can't feel too terribly confident. Yeah, there's definitely uh, an aspect of uh, you need to show me you can do it before I can pick you to be to win a game but obviously you got to beat Vanderbilt um especially a Vanderbilt team that is terrible defensively second year coach where they don't look like they've really improved a whole lot since the team they were when they fired their their last coach so this is a classic Vanderbilt team that just has to be beat even by a bad Missouri team gotta put them down gotta put them down gotta put them in their place their Vanderbilt is three and four so far in the season they beat Hawaii Elon and Northern Illinois. Now you were kind of on that Vanderbilt train there for a little while after they beat Hawaii. They put up 63 points in that game. Kind of scared you a little bit. I thought maybe they had turned a corner a little bit. They, their offense is not bad. Not bad. Uh, They have given the ball to freshman quarterback, AJ Swan. And he's decent, especially for a freshman in the Mm -hmm. sec, 60% completion percentage, 953 yards passing eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, he uh, does not turn the ball over at all, and it's pretty rare for a true freshman quarterback. So it would be great if we could uh, force some force some errors, but and he seems pretty composed so far. Yeah, their their offense as a whole is is pretty efficient. Like you said, they don't turn the ball over. Um, they their whole thing is not having negative plays. I mean, that's what every offense wants, but they make that a, very much a priority. So, um, 
I don't even expect Missouri to be taking the ball away left and right against Vanderbilt, but if Missouri can just there's a dog barking in the background. If you hear that, that's on our end. Uh, it's not your dog barking at home. Um, <laughs> Dogs are acting strange. Yeah, something's going on. Um, where was I? There. If Missouri's defense can, I don't really expect them to make that many splash plays against Vanderbilt, but I think they'll be able to just kind of shut them down at the line of scrimmage for the most part. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it, I mean, obviously, George, I think the Georgia game was a little fluky on, on their part, but... Missouri's defense has looked fantastic at times. I don't think they've played any great offenses yet. You know, Auburn and Florida kind of have their issues. I don't think it's insane to say that that Vanderbilt's offense is on par with with Florida and Auburn, especially whenever Auburn's got their you know second or third string quarterback in there. Um, but I definitely do feel like the opportunity for Missouri to win this game is is on offense. This is a, a get right game, hopefully for. For a Mizzou offense that had an off week to or you know, a bye week to kind of recharge and heal up a little bit and you know get some key pieces back and um, I this is just I feel like if Missouri's offense can't look good in this game I I don't know that they can do it I don't, I don't know that they can look good against anybody. Yeah, Missouri, uh, Vanderbilt's defense is worse than the SEC in points per game allowed at thirty nine point four. Now they've had a tough. I mean they've played. Yeah. Uh, Alabama Hawaii. and Georgia already. Hawaii. And Hawaii, of course. Yes. Um, but they've 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 only lost to ranked teams. So That's, there's that. Yeah. Um but yeah, you're right. Uh Vanderbilt's defense not good. We should be able to do whatever we want. I mean, within reason. Uh, our plays should be able to work. There should be running room, the offensive line should be getting a push. Not scared of Vanderbilt's defense whatsoever. Yeah, Missouri's offense has been its Achilles' heel so far for sure. But I think in some in some ways we have shown pretty like steady improvement, game, like game to game. Um, Brady not where he needs to be, not a guy that's going to lead us to anything meaningful ever, but has improved in some ways. Offensive line definitely like has looked better at the the point of attack the last few games. So yeah, this is this is a game where I would love to see. You know, Luther Burden go for, you know, 90, 100 receiving yards or something like that. Really have a, a game that gets his confidence back and kind of gives Missouri fans something to be excited about for the future. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe a Dominic Lovett just continues to pour it on. But I don't know who it's going to be. But I, I, I do feel like Missouri's offense is, is going to look good. Before we give our official predict, predictions uh, for the score and everything, um, we should talk about some developments going into this game personnel-wise. Um, it was just announced today that it looks like Lovett and Burden are both uh, healthy and will play. Of course, Luther Burden had an ankle thing. He was like had to be carried off the field yeah. against Florida. Yeah, I think even as recently as maybe earlier this week, there was some uncertainty on, on Luther Burden's status, but uh, it was just announced uh, just a few minutes ago. Dave Matters said that they are both good to go for the game or are healthy, so um, hopefully they don't have any setbacks. I think big game for Lovett. Um, now... There's been a lot of chatter during the bye week about the quarterback position because Coach Drinkwitz and his staff have been letting the young guys uh, get a lot of run in the drills and scrimmages and stuff in practice. Um, Perfectly good use of a bye week. However, that means Sam Horn's name has been thrown around a bit, even by Coach Drinkwitz. He has said that Horn has looked good and um, 
then, but then just today, uh, Dave Matter wrote an article where he was talking to Brady Cook, and Cook has he went and watched every single throw that he's made so far this year and was trying to learn from it. And he says he thinks he can turn a corner, and the rest of this season is going to be good. He's hell bent. Yes, on turning the season around. Can that is exactly what Dave Matter said. Uh, yeah. So what's going on with quarterback? It's uh, just going to be Brady Cook the rest exact- of the way. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Coach Drinkwitz is going to say Brady Cook gives us the best chance to win right now. Brady Cook's going to be the quarterback in every game he's healthy for. And we'll probably beat who we're supposed to beat and lose who we're supposed to lose to. And we will probably win five games and not go to a bowl game. And Sam Horn will be the quarterback next year. And what I guess what this does is, yeah, it opens up the door for us to t- be speculating. It opens up the door for Mizzou Twitter to do what they do. And Then what was the point? Because I just, you know, you can argue with whether or not he should have done it, but I feel like he has to address what the elephant in the room. I feel like he has to, like, say something like, yeah, I know he's here. I know he's here. I know he's talented. He's going to be leading this team someday, but maybe it's not right now. And I don't know that I – like that i mean that's kind of ballsy like going out there and saying that because you know we're just gonna react with uh with venom whenever you know brady cook trots out there on saturday it's probably gonna happen so i don't know maybe sam horn gets gets a drive i don't know if the game's close there's no way it's happening yeah don't plan on it don't plan on it um and everything's working for brady cook to play this entire game of course coming off a bye get things together you're playing Vanderbilt worse uh the only like legitimately bad defense that you're going to play in the SEC why would you do anything other than let Brady Cook have a good game hopefully and uh, yeah even if Sam Horn went out there and against a bad defense and throws a touchdown or something you know everyone's just going to ramp it up even more and think he needs and thinks he needs to be out there which I'm I don't know I don't know if it would help us in the in the present or not, but I do think that it would be nice to to at least see some young guys get out there, considering the way this season's gone. But Gary Pinkle spoiled us with that, like letting the next guy have a series, yeah, every game, yeah. But also, we were spoiled by just all the great quarterbacks that we had. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was always like, yeah, this our starter's great, and uh, here, take get a little sneak peek of what's next, and yeah. he's good too be ready for that yeah and now we're like oh our starter's not great and we're not getting a sneak peek of what's i mean what happens i mean what happens if you just put sam horn out there i mean this is never gonna happen but like <laughs> let's just say sam horn starts and he looks terrible like yeah i mean what happens then do you just does brady cook come back and start the week after that and we're no. just kind of like what was that no if you if if you, you gotta roll with him yeah right if you start point, horn then it's over you're like I mean, we played. Drew Locke looked horrible his freshman year, but he pretty much had to play. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a comparable situation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I just expect Brady Cook to go out there. We didn't need to say a single word after you just laid down exactly how it's going to go. But that'd be no but fun. But what if though? <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be pumped though if it happens. It if happen. if what happens? If we see Sam Horn out there. Yeah, we would be excited. Gosh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Why are you All talking right. to me like I'm crazy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to write down my prediction here. 
Uh, I think Missouri's favored by 14 points. Seems large. Um, I'm going to go... Okay, I'm going to write down my score prediction. Okay. I'm going to write mine down. Don't look at it. There it is. I wrote it down. Now you can just say yours because I already wrote mine down. All right. Give me Missouri 38-28. Wow. It's a little bit more scoring than I have. I've got Missouri 34-21. Okay. I'd take either. Give me a win. Yeah, that uh, Missouri not covering the spread in either one of mm-hmm. our scores. 14's a lot. That's I mean, what, do, what is Vegas like? What do they like? Yeah, what's what do they see in this? Like I think they like like fake, like uh, close ne- game. They like, like neon signs, like palm trees, uh, lights, uh, debauchery. <laughs> um, what? Why do they like Missouri so much in this game? Just because it's Vanderbilt? I guess. I mean, they Vegas, must not have watched the Hawaii Vegas game. Vegas always knows. <laughs> They don't know this. They always know. <laughs> they don't know Missouri's offense. They don't know the horrors that we've seen. <laughs> right. Um, okay. That's that. Now we get to pick some more games. SEC pick them minus Nebraska. They're too scared to play this week. <laughs> don't blame them. Big slate. Oh, yeah. Huge slate this week. But before we get into that, we'll recap last week. Cameron had two points. Kyle had eight points, I had five points, and the guest pickers had three points. Good week for me. Yeah, so what's the standings now? Season totals, Cameron has 40, the guest pickers have 46, Kyle has 50, and I have 52. I'm 12 points back, holy cow. I picked against Alabama, and I was right. I actually got like 10 points for that. That never happens. Sounds like cheating. I picked Nebraska and they lost. Well, <laughs> I so told you I deserve to. everything that have, has <laughs> you happened. That. Yes. They can't do it to me this week, though. All right. First game, number seven, Ole Miss at LSU. LSU is a two point favorite. Our guest picker this week is Ben. Welcome, Ben. Ben picks Ole Miss. Yeah, I got to go Ole Miss here. Producer Cameron. I'll take Ole Miss. I'll take Ole Miss. Okay, I might want to switch. Go ahead. Kyle's a closet LSU fan. True. I He's not even that in the closet about it. You like LSU. I've been there. Yeah. That's why. Uh, uh, it's at LSU. Mm-hmm. Who's LSU's quarterback? Jalen Daniels. How's he doing? Good. <laughs> You just had to bring that up. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's Jaden. Yes. Okay. Give me LSU. Okay. All right. Number 24, Mississippi State at number six, Alabama. Alabama is a 21-point favorite. I'll take Alabama. Bama bounce back. Me too. Everybody on Bama. I wonder, I'd like to see Alabama after losses under Nick Saban. Well, congratulations. You'll get that on Saturday. <laughs> you'll, you'll get to see it. <laughs> Don't get to see that very often, but you will get that chance, Cameron. It's coming. I meant like, 
he knows what you meant. Does he? I don't know sometimes. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> They're all mad and sad. That's just like every other team. Texas A&M at South Carolina. Texas A&M is a three-point favorite. Give me South Carolina. What Ben pick? South Carolina. Oh, that's easy A&M for me. I don't know what to do. Bro, South Carolina, really? A&M? It's fraudulent v. fraudulent right now. That's true. Um, I'll take A&M. Good choice. Cool. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's it. If you can make up ground this week, that's impressive. (laughs) But it could happen. It could. I'm trying to. That it? That it? That it? All right. Uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt, Treese, Brian Smith. I like how we say above, even though it's nothing. None of them are above. Um, Britt, Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Louis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks. Thank, thank you, gentlemen, for supporting the podcast. And you can find this, this podcast on Google, Apple, and Spotify. We're on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week after a win.